0: Welcome to the Shalhaba Community Church Podcast. We hope you're encouraged by the following message. We're so glad that you made the choice today to come and worship. We're so glad that you brought your family. And our prayer as always, is always as we open up the Word of God, that God would speak to you in some way uh, as we share some thoughts out of Matthew chapter 7 today. Many people would wonder why we'd want to spend um, our time and our money on our, and our resources on a, a, an issue like the farmers facing the drought that they're facing today. Why, why is it that we would do buy a bale Sunday? Why would we spend our money, our time and our resources on that? And my answer to the question would be, well, why not? Why not? Why, why wouldn't we do that? And, uh, you know, often um, over the n- number of years as a local church, um, one of the things that we've been criticised so many times is that we are too focused on meeting the needs of those around us. We're too focused on the community. And, I, you know, I just want to share just a few thoughts around, around that this morning and, and then conclude with uh, a disease that many people have today. Yeah, I'll talk about that disease at the end. But this is a disease that many of us might have this morning. We, we, we may not be aware of it, but like many diseases, they, 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 they make their way into our lives without us even knowing. And one day we wake up and we go, oh my heck, I'm sick. And you might have this disease this morning and we'll talk about it at the end. But just to bring to our attention this morning. But I want to look at the, some of the most challenging words that Jesus ever spoke to us. And it's out of Matthew chapter 7, uh, verses uh, uh, 7 verses through to 12. And it's up on the screen there. Uh, Jesus talking here. He says, Keep on asking, you will receive what you ask. Keep on seeking, you will find. Keep on knocking and the door will be opened. For everyone who asks, receive. And everyone who seeks, finds. And everyone who knocks, the door will be opened. You parents, if your children ask for a loaf of bread... Uh, Do you give them a stone instead? Or if they ask for a fish, do you give them a snake? Of course not. So if uh, you sinful people know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more will your heavenly Father give good gifts to those who ask him? And here right now, this is where we, we see some of the most challenging words that Jesus ever spoke. It's in verse 12. He says this. He says, do to others whatever you would like them to do to you. This is the essence of all that is taught in the law and the prophets these must be some of the most challenging words that Jesus ever spoke to us he says do to others whatever you would like them to do to you and this is the essence of all that is taught in the law and the prophets so focus on the word Essence there. Let me read some, some descriptions of the word essence there because this is the essence of all that is taught in the law of the prophets. Everything that's in this book, all, the, all the, uh, the, the, the aspects of the law and all the prophets, if we can do unto others as we would have them do unto us, Jesus says we're fulfilling all that's here. That's the essence. So, what are some of the descriptive words of essence? Soul, spirit. Ethos, life, lifeblood, core, heart, center, crux, nub, eucalus, eucleus, a kernel, marrow, meat, pith, gist, substance, principle, central part, fundamentally, quality, a uh, basic quality, essential part, intrinsic nature, some, substance, reality, actuality. If we can do under others. Whatever you would like them to do to you, this is the essence of everything that's taught here. This Sermon on the Mount sums up not only the sermon itself, but also the Ten Commandments, the laws of Moses, and all the ethical teachings of the Bible. Absolutely incredible. Everything that God requires of us, every law written within Scripture, all the commandments of God are all fulfilled within this one commandment that we and I, you and I, that we do to others whatever we would like them to do to you. Wow. How are you going with that today? How are you doing with that? That's, if that doesn't challenge you, you. You're an amazing person. Because <laughs> I find that challenging. Super challenging. This statement must be, would be the most challenging words that Jesus spoke and would be the best known statement that Jesus made. It's a statement still quoted by people everywhere of every culture and every religion. They still are quoting that today. In the early church's time, it was said that uh, the emperor Alexander service had it written in gold on the walls of public buildings. And this is why it's become known as the golden rule. In every public building that was written up on the walls, people would walk in and they would see the words, do to others whatever you would like them to do to you. Wow. Could you imagine a world in which we lived, in a world in which people lived that way? Incredible. How would that be? I think our community, our societies, and possibly our families, and our workplaces would be affected dramatically by living along these lines. Well, this morning, this is how Jesus calls us to live. This is the the standard that he set for his followers. The truth is, Jesus was the first to formulate this rule positively. But listen to this this morning. But the negative says this this morning I won't harm anyone which can allow us to be inactive listen to it this morning because this is where so many people allow this thinking and this description and understanding of this scripture to become their mindset that ultimately leads to the disease that I'm going to talk about in a few minutes time I won't do any harm to anyone which can lead to us being inactive we believe we believe but we don't do. In fact, Confucius said, what you do not want done to yourself, do not do to others. You see the twist there? What you do not want done to yourself, do not do to others. The early Stoics taught, what you do not wish to be done to you, do not do to anyone else. But as followers of Jesus, we're called to something higher. We've been called To say not only I won't do anyone harm, but I'll also go out of my way to help others. For many Christians, we look at these words and we can think all we need to do is be good. And for many Christians, we can justify inactivity in helping others because we are just focusing on being good. I haven't hurt anyone. I haven't lied to anyone. I'm a good person. But the problem with that is the focus is on being rather than doing. Jesus wants us not to be only, but he wants us to do as well. Do unto others. But we can allow that mindset to get in us where we focus on the the negative and we don't do anything. We just focus on being, which is all right, rather than doing. But the words of Jesus call us to do good, to be active in helping others. Listen this morning loving people caring for their needs of those around us our mantra should be as followers of Christ find a need meet a need find a need meet a need you know recently we were in Vanuatu and uh, it was awesome we were there for um, I think the entirety of the teams were there for about 16 days and we did a whole stack of stuff we we uh, we put, Uh, Two water tanks into 5,000-liter water tanks into a community um, where there's around 6,000 people that live in that community um, where they don't have running water, access to running water or electricity. So two big water tanks is a big deal, right? Well, especially (laughs) for us, you know, could you imagine having to walk from here um, to home to get water and then bring it back so that Robbie could cook? I reckon you'd be pretty precious about that water. So we put in those water tanks, but we also did some medical clinics as well. Um, some of the things that, uh, that um, Leanne Gill um, dealt with, I mean, I had to walk away. I, I'm just not big on pus and stuff like that. I just, I just I can't go there. My stomach doesn't allow me to. But, you know, we did some eye clinics as well. And we, we 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 sat there and 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 I watched I watched these people. Some of them were forty, some were fifty, some were sixty, some were a bit younger. But the forties and fifty-year-olds, I mean, watch, watching them go through some eye testing and then putting the glasses on and watching their face for the first time—and uh, in, in I don't know how many years—express what it means to see clearly was priceless, absolutely priceless. But you know what I've discovered through that? It doesn't take much to change the world. It takes very little to change the world. It took nothing. Some people that were trained with some, some processes and a pair of second-hand glasses from Australia that was sent over to Vanuatu yeah. and boom! Peeps, life's changed forever. Well, three or four years anyway. You know, it doesn't take much to change the world. But if we're not careful, we get this disease in our hearts and it stops us from caring and it stops us from reaching out. That's why I said our mantras should be find a need, meet to need. You know, we don't know today as we get ready to give. You can buy a whole bale of hay for $170. I don't know how many, how many biscuits that is, but it's a lot of hay. And and I don't know this morning as we get ready to go out there, as I start to conclude, but we have the opportunity and who knows what God will do through our giving and through our generosity. We don't know, but we do know this as we give, God moves, hallelujah, in your heart and through your life in such powerful ways. You know, when we first came to Shell Harbour about 11 years ago, there was a verse of scripture that captured our attention at the time. And Really, I think it's helped shape uh, much of who we are because I I don't really give a rip anymore if people get upset about us focusing on the community and doing stuff. You, You know, you say that, I just go, blah, blah, blah. What are you saying? Blah, blah, blah. can't hear a word you're saying. Can't. Can't hear a word you're saying. Amen. But this scripture captured our heart in the in the early months, and it's in uh, Acts chapter ten, verse thirty-eight. It says this: How God anointed Jesus of Nazareth with the Holy Spirit and with power. Amen. Amen. Who went about doing good and healing all who were oppressed by the devil, for God was with him. Listen to it again: Who went about doing good and healing all who were oppressed by the devil, for God was with him. Jesus modeled a life for us of not just being, but also a life of doing, loving people through and by his actions and his deeds. Amen. We think about how Jesus lived. Well, where would you find Jesus on a Sunday? Where would you find Jesus on a Sunday? In the temple. Amen. Amen. Hallelujah, with his hands lifted high. I'm just about finished this morning. Don't tune out just yet because we want to talk about that disease. His hands lifted high, amen. That's where you'd find him on a Sunday. But on Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday, where would he be? He'd be out in the community with his hands reached out. That's him. That's him. Don't get any other picture of who you think, you know, meek and mild and... All that stuff, that's Jesus Sunday, worshipping God. And then during the week, his hands reached out, serving those around him. He went about doing good and healing all who were oppressed of the devil. Jesus was into not just being, but to doing. Amen? Not just being, but doing. In fact, I love it. The religious people in 15 chap- Luke 15, chapter 2, the, the criticism of him was this. Religious leaders, the religious leaders of the law complained that he was associating with such sinful people, even eating with them. That was their biggest criticism. Let's be criticized for that. Amen? Let's, let's be criticized for being a little bit extravagant or a little bit over the top or a little bit um, 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 motivated by wanting to make a difference in the world that we live in. Amen. That was their biggest criticism of him. I believe that as believers, we all need to follow the example that Jesus has for us or set for us. Hands up on Sunday, hands out on Monday. Who in our world, in our neighborhood, in our school, wherever it may be, who who is it that God's calling us to reach out to and to help? The truth is that we're here on earth to do good for others. The Bible declares, just as I get ready to conclude this morning, we are his workmanship created in Christ Jesus for good works, which God prepared beforehand that we should walk in them. Listen to it again, in Christ Jesus for good works. But this is the disease this morning that many, many believers are suffering from. And it's a disease that if we're not aware of and we don't challenge ourselves about, then we will allow this disease to take over our hearts and stop us the disease in question this morning is compassion fatigue compassion fatigue 20 years ago you would sit in front of your tv and you would turn it on you didn't have facebook instagram all the other things as well and you would Turn your TV on or your radio on and there'd be one thing that'd be before you and all of a sudden there's bad things happening somewhere in Africa and our hearts would be moved because that one thing was in, in our faces. It was in front of us. Move 20 years on, we are bombarded daily with all the bad stuff that's happening right around the globe every day at any given time. We can get onto our news feed, we can get onto our Facebook page, we can turn the TV on, whatever you want to do, we are bombarded with bad things happening all the time. But the problem can be is that we get so overwhelmed with all that we see, we start to tune out, we get compassion fatigued. And rather than being the people that he's called us to be, and not just being but doing, we just step back and we go, it's all too much. The the answer to your life... The breakthrough that God wants for you, everything that God has for you is found in others. I pray that we never as a church suffer from compassion, fatigue. Never allow that disease to get into the core of who we are as a church. Amen. That's why I'm so encouraged today by hearing people pray as we're praying for our farmers and seeing the stuff that's about to happen out there. Amen? Uh, Seeing people go to Vanuatu and do what they do. Hallelujah. It's good stuff. But your breakthrough, if I could just have just the team to come up, that would be great. We're going to allow compassion fatigue... to affect our heart. But I want to say this morning, as I read this last few verses of Scripture, as we commit to changing the lives of others, our lives change as well. Listen to this Scripture as I conclude this morning. It's in Isaiah 58. He says, if you get rid of unfair practices, quit blaming victims, quit gossiping about other people's sins. If you are generous with the hungry and start giving yourselves to the down and out, your lives will begin to glow in darkness. Your shadowed lives will be bathed in sunlight. I will always show you where to go. I will give you a life, full life in the emptiest of places. Firm muscles, yes please. Strong bones, yes please. You'll be like a well-watered garden, a gurgling spring that never runs never runs dry. You use the old rubbles of past lives to build in you, rebuild the foundations from, uh, from out of your past. You'll be known as those who can fix anything, restore old ruins, rebuild and renovate, make the community livable again. As we resist compassion fatigue. And do whatever it is. In the world that we live in. To reach out to those around us. To whatever good we can. Because that's what God anointed Jesus to do. God anointed him as he went about doing good. And healing all who are oppressed of the devil. I don't know for you this morning. I've got to be so careful because it can get around my heart. Oh God, there's just so much we we could do and we haven't got enough resources. And we can just allow that stuff to get around us. But who's the one person in your world today that you could be reaching out to? Who who Right now before God, who's that one person that you could be Showing compassion and grace towards. I know across this auditorium this morning, there would be many people that are in our world that God's just wanting us to reach out. They might be so, so prickly. But just one act of compassion is enough to change our world. We know that. We know that. One act of compassion. Let's pray this morning. Heavenly Father, we just thank you today. So we lift our hearts to you again, we, we, we bless you, we praise you. God, as we just get ready to, uh, to celebrate and to, to be generous towards um, our farming community, Lord, that are suffering, that are finding it difficult at this point, God, just stir our hearts today. No compulsion. We just want to make a difference, Lord. We want our lives to matter, God. We don't want to finish our race and look back and go, well, what did I spend my life on, stuff? When, God, you've called us not to spend our lives on stuff. You've called us to spend our lives on others. So, Father, we just thank you today. Stir our hearts. If we suffer from compassion disease and compassion fatigue, then help us with that, God. Help us to shake that stuff off so that we can be the people that you've called us to be. And everybody said, Amen.